You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for the Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Well, let's get going here. The joy of walking is that you always end up in a different place from where you started. But also the problem with walking is that you end up in a different place than where you started. And hopefully you can find your way back. I remember, I don't know, sometimes I, I, I just I wander through Coldale in the evenings. Um, and so if you live there, you might see me. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I'm not really looking where I'm going. Because I'm, I'm just like, I'm thinking, I'm praying, and so I just wander. And then, you know, 20 minutes goes by, and I, I kind of look up, and I'm like, oh, dang. I'm on, like, a, the far side of town, <laughs> and now I have to go back home. <laughs> but, but walking, walking is always an adventure. I really do enjoy walking. It's a good way to get your brain moving and thinking. Uh, walking is movement, right? Walking is always takes, taking you somewhere, and if you're walking with someone else, that adds a whole other dimension to it, right? You're walking with someone, and so there has to be some sort of agreement as to where you are going, because the moment that you start walking in different directions, you are no longer walking together. That's, that's pretty common sense, right? If I go walking with my wife, it actually requires that I walk beside her, and I'm not you know, scampering off into the bushes you know, that sort of thing, like my kids do. You know, my wife doesn't take me for walks. We walk together. So, you know, it's not like an owner-dog situation here. When Jesus first called his disciples and said, follow me, that was the phrase he used, he was in essence saying to them, come walk with me. Let's go in the same direction and you can learn about me and become more like me. Jesus said to one person in particular, follow me. And this person responded in Luke 9.61. Basically, he said, I want to, I, I so want to, Jesus, but, but I got to say goodbye to my family. I got to go back. And it's, it's like Jesus kind of looks at this guy or person and he sighs and he responds, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus calls us to forget what lies behind and strain toward what lies ahead. We are called to press on toward the goal, for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As Paul says he is doing in Philippians 3.14. This past Thursday, I'm not sure if you were aware of this, but it was Ascension Day. Did that cross any people's calendars? Right on. Few people. That's excellent. And, and the, the importance of Ascension Day is that it's, well, for one, it's 40 days after Easter. And that might give you a hint what happened on Ascension Day. <laughs> it gives it away in the title, right? Jesus ascended into heaven as he said he would. And if you recall the end of the, the Luke series, uh, Blair and I sat up here and we talked about that event and how it kick-started, it seems, the disciples to worship and to pray and to wait for the Holy Spirit to come on the day of Pentecost, which was, we're going to be celebrating next Sunday. 
And so we celebrate Ascension Day knowing that without the ascension of Jesus, there would be no Pentecost. There would be no giving of the Holy Spirit if Jesus had not ascended. So here's what we're going to do today. I want to outline why the ascension of Jesus was so important, how the Holy Spirit enables us to walk with God, and how we get to live out our faith in a way that a man named Enoch could only hope for. So, because I want to be difficult, let's start at the end with Enoch, and then we'll, we'll circle back around to him later on as well. So Enoch, he was a man, and he lived before the flood, and he was found in the great cloud of witnesses listed in, in Hebrews 11, which we're going through. And so, we're going to start earlier than Hebrews, the verses in Hebrews where he's talked about, and we're going to find, we're going to pick up his, his biography, doesn't get much press in the Bible, but there's a few verses in Genesis 5, and specifically verses 18 to 24. So let's read those together here. When Jared, that was his dad, when he when had lived 162 years old, 62 years, he fathered Enoch. And Jared lived after he fathered Enoch, 800 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived, lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Hmm. Carrying on to Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6, uh, it seems that the reader, writer of Hebrews kind of gives a bit of commentary about this story, and he says this, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Enoch was a man who, having pleased God by walking with him in faith, was taken by God so that he would not experience death. So not much is said other than those verses. Actually, nothing is really said except a mention in the book of, of Jude about, manner, about Enoch's manner of life. Now, according to Genesis, he walked with God. And according to Hebrews, we find that he pleased God. Now, it's interesting, and I will point this out here, a little history lesson. These two phrases actually come from the same words. Right, in Genesis, the words that we read are translated from Hebrew into English, like the rest of the Old Testament that we're familiar with. When the author of Hebrews, although, however, was writing and quoting these words, he quoted the Septuagint. Has, has anyone heard of the Septuagint? All right, it's a, which is a Greek version of the Old Testament that was translated about 250 years before Jesus came onto the scene. What I'm saying here is that walking with God and pleasing God are the same thing. As Enoch lived, his manner of life was such that it pleased 
God. And being sure of what he hoped for, Enoch was taken by God and did not experience physical death. And in some ways, this was the reward for the faith that he lived. So what does this mean for us? Does it mean that somehow we too can attain an ascension into heaven if we walk with God well enough? The indirect answer is, if you live to be 365 years old and you walk with God throughout your entire life, perhaps. But the, in, the, the more direct answer is no. No, we don't get to ascend into heaven. No matter what we do, we won't get to take a pass on physical death and ascend into heaven. We all must face physical death, no matter what our manner of life is. Uh, we find that outlined, Paul outlines it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And it, and it says that the perishable, bo- perishable bodies that we now possess cannot inherit what is imperishable, what is eternal. We cannot take these bodies with us as we inherit eternal life and end up in heaven. This is where the ascension of Jesus comes in. Jesus was the one who died on our behalf and who shed his, imperishable, or his perishable body and he was raised with an imperishable one. With this eternal body, he ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God in power and authority. When he did this, here's the kicker, he made it possible for the Holy Spirit to come to us. As it says in John 16, verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So we need Jesus to ascend into heaven in order to be given the Holy Spirit. What, uh, what Enoch experienced as walking with God and then ascending to heaven, we get to experience kind of in reverse. Jesus ascended into heaven and then gave us the ability to walk with God by the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so let's unpack that a bit here. Uh, We know from from Hebrews 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God because we must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So in order to draw near to God and start walking with him, we must have faith in him. Well, how do we receive faith? Well, it tells us in Romans 10, verse 17, where it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. Faith is given to us by hearing and receiving the message of Christ. And that's why Paul and Silas said, and tell the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16, 31, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. That jailer heard the message of Jesus Christ, and he and his household believed and were filled with faith in Jesus Christ. 
That faith in Jesus brings about forgiveness of our sins. It brings about our redemption from death because Jesus was a willing sacrifice and his blood took away our sins. By faith, we also receive the Holy Spirit, as it says in Galatians 3.14. It says that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, which is that he believed and, was count- and it was counted as righteousness, that blessing might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. We receive the Holy Spirit through faith. We receive faith through the message of Christ, and we hear the message of Christ as it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because we must remember that the Holy Spirit was given to us by Jesus to bear witness about himself, as it says in John 15, 26. And it says as well to, it, that the Holy Spirit is to bring to our remembrance the things that Jesus taught us as it says in John 14, 26. So, you'd be right if you're thinking that this is circular, because it is. I believe that this is, is kind of the, the nature of our walk with God. By faith, we draw near to God, and we walk with him, and we walk with God, and we please God by living our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit through faith. And so it continues. So it continues. Walking with God is a life of faith. Enoch did it sight unseen, and he was rewarded. We are rewarded for coming to faith by receiving the Holy Spirit, and that enables us to walk with God. Enoch walked with God until one day he was gone. The Bible says that he walked with God for 300 years after he fathered Methuselah. That's an exceptionally long time. And I have to wonder, what was, what was up with the birth of Methuselah? That was a changing point in his life. I'm not sure. That's a question that I'd love to ask someday. But my question to you is this. How long do you need to walk with God? Quite simply, the answer is until we're done. Until we're done. Our walk with God is something that by its very nature can be very long. It should take the rest of our lives. In our age right now, I'm sure you would agree, we we value instant messaging. We value fast-acting pain relief. We value microwaves. And we don't want things to take a long time. We want them to happen right away. Who's gotten the actual letter in the mail recently? Like snail mail. That's awesome. I love sending my grandpa snail mail. But he doesn't respond because it probably takes too long. So I love it though. It takes a long time. It takes it slow. It's excellent. Eugene Peterson, the, pa- the pastor who as well paraphrased the Bible into what's now known as the message translation, said this, There is a great market for religious experience in our world, but there's little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue. There's little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship 
in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. I think we need to understand the meaning of patience, of endurance, of diligence in our walk with God. It took Enoch 300 years to arrive. So let's be persistent as we fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. We have received what Enoch only hoped for. Enoch hoped in God's presence, and we have God's presence within us. We're told in in Genesis chapter 3, the story of Adam and Eve disobeying God. How they listened to the serpent and ate the fruit that God specifically told them not to eat. And what did they do? They felt ashamed and they hid in the garden. And so let's pick up the story in in verses 8 to 10. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Marco. He didn't say. He said to him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I bring this story up because God was walking through the garden looking for companions to join him. And we need to choose. Are we going to be like Adam and Eve who, cho- who hid from him? Or are we going to be like Enoch and respond to God in faith and come out and walk with him? This doesn't mean that our manner of life will be perfect. <laughs> this does not mean that God requires perfection from us. King David, who was a man after God's own heart, was an adulterer. He was a murderer. And yet he repented and he continued to walk with God. Walking with God means continuing with God. Walking in the same direction as he is, even when we mess up. It simply means that our sins, our trips and our falls, gives us a chance to experience the mercy and grace of God once again. As it says in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us simply walk with God and stick close to Him. Be well-pleasing to God, following His footsteps and find that rhythm of grace that God is walking to. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Let us receive faith in Jesus and be filled continually with the Holy Spirit so that we can be like Enoch and walk with God. So let us draw near to God today. As we celebrate communion, we receive the cracker and the juice knowing that in faith, these symbols become life for us. By faith, we accept that Jesus' broken body heals us and gives us new life. By faith, we accept that Jesus' blood redeems us, brings us back into fellowship with God and wipes our sins away. So, I invite you, please come forward and get your communion elements. And today, I want us to celebrate communion at your own pace with your your friends, your families, whoever you came with. As you eat the cracker and drink the juice, I want you to accept in faith what Jesus has done for you. Remembering Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension and choosing to receive the blessing of the continual filling of the Holy Spirit.